0: Alright, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Riggles Rag podcast. Ian Cummings here with co-editor Jacob Kaminker giving you the Redskins talk uh, this offseason. Last time we were on, I think I had Nathan Britton and uh, we went over the draft grades for the NFC East team. So if you want to check that out, coverage on the Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, you can go look at that. It's on the site. Right now we're covering some news uh, that happened yesterday. Some unfortunate news. Uh, Ruben Foster on the first day of organized team activities went down uh, a non-contact leg injury, and uh, shortly after, it was revealed that he did t- tear his ACL. So he's out for the 2019 season, most likely. And uh, the implications of that, uh, it's, it's pretty, I, I don't want to say dire, but it is a little complex. We'll get into it. We'll see maybe who, who they could sign. First off, what it means, then who they could sign, maybe tr- possible trade targets. And if there's anyone on the roster who could fill that gap? First off, though, Jacob, it's been a while since you've been on this. How how are you hanging?
1: I am doing good. Uh, we got some nice weather up here in New England, so can't complain.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we we got some thunderstorms over here. I I love thunderstorms personally, so good stuff there. Not good weather. But uh, good spectating weather, I guess. But um, enough about the weather. Uh, We always mention the weather. I don't know why. It's just a thing. But um, let's get to the news. Um, Yesterday, Ruben Foster, as you know, went down. Jacob covered it with some nice articles. uh, I think like three pieces or whatever. And you put up today um, trade targets and possible signees too. So we'll get into that in a bit. But first off, what does this mean for the Redskins? Because there was a ton of excitement building about this new defense with the Bama boys and Reuben Foster in the middle, because linebacker was a pretty big concern last season. Now it's not, it's not like they downgraded because they didn't even have Foster last year, but now they were planning on having him this year and they got to adapt. So what does it mean for them?
1: Uh, pretty much what it means is they did not get the upgrade that they were hoping to get with Foster. So the linebacker core looks a lot like it did last year. And that group was okay but they struggled in coverage so that's the issue here foster was supposed to help with that he was a really true three down player he's better in coverage than he is as a tackler and he's a pretty solid tackler um, so they lost their one true three down linebacker uh, which is kind of a bummer so they'll have to use Sean on hamilton as a starter which they were already probably planning on doing which should work out well But next to him, they're going to have to use a mishmash of role players like Mason Foster, Josh Harvey Clemens, and rookie Cole Holcomb um, to hold down that spot by Foster. And it's just unfortunate because they don't have a true replacement for Reuben Foster, and Reuben Foster was going to really solidify that front seven and make it a potentially elite unit. And now the linebacker core is just slightly weaker than it was projected to be, and we're only in May.
0: Yeah, and it happened on the first. I think the first play or third. First, it was one of the first plays of OTAs. I mean, that's about as unlucky as you can get. So, it's just, it's just unfortunate. But um, like you said, there are options on the roster. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by a few of them. I've been high on Sean Dion Hamilton this whole off season. I think um, at Alabama, he showed that he has qualities of a starter, and then he flashed a little bit last season, but. There is uncertainty there too. And then behind him, you know, you got Josh Harvey Clemens, who he's got the length, um, but he, he was usually only used on coverage downs last year and he's still pretty raw, so unsure how much he can handle. And then Cole Holcomb, the uh, rookie who's athletic, produced in college, but pretty raw, you know, and um, maybe needs some help with his processing speed at this level, so unsure if he can handle that role too. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Who are you, Who's your favorite? Um, to kind of help alleviate the loss of Foster, uh, if you had to pick right now?
1: Well, if I had to pick one player, I would have to go with Mason Foster just because he has the experience and we know he can defend against the run. I know he's bad in coverage or yeah. has regressed in that area, but playing next to Sean Deion Hamilton, he's probably going to be the starter. Um, I, I like the idea of Josh Harvey Clemens getting more playing time as a coverage guy mixing in with Mason Foster. Um, sort of platooning them so that each of them can play in situations where their strengths will be, you know, um, evident. So Foster against the run, Josh Harvey Clemens against the pass. Um, I think that's really what they're probably going to end up doing, unless Holcomb really surprises. I know he's super athletic, but um, it's it's tough to rely on a rookie fifth rounder to be a starter. Uh, but if I had to pick one guy that I would say would be the starter next to Deion Hamilton to start the year. I'd have to go with Mason Foster just because he's occupied that role for so long. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think I would agree. I think the team has always kind of preferred Foster for whatever reason. I mean, people were calling for him to be replaced two years ago, and he's still there. So, he, he, you know, he's not good in coverage, but he's at least experienced, and he can be a physical tackler, which is always a good thing for your defense. Just I was hoping that we wouldn't see as much of him on the field, but I think that's how it's going to go. I don't think the cupboard is bare at linebacker. I just think there's some questions, but there's also some intriguing candidates too. I mean, we talked about Hamilton, talked about Holcomb. I like Harvey Clemens too. Um, I I really like the, like you said, you said it well, the idea of Harvey Clemens working out, you know, a guy with that length, that size to become a coverage linebacker and maybe even more, you know, if he could develop a little bit, but um, just very uncertain. And it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, move those chess pieces around. I would go with the duo of, Dion Hamilton and I'd be hesitant. I'd probably pick Foster just because you know Holcomb. He's a fifth-round rookie. He he's got some development to undergo. I wouldn't want to throw him into the fire right away. But um, I, I like the idea of Holcomb too because I know he was uh he was pretty um you know he was kind of he kind of flew under the radar during the draft process. But um, his pro day athletic testing results are pretty enticing, and he produced at a high level in college um obviously a lot more to it than that but those two aspects right there you know make me want maybe want to see him in an increased role once he has time to kind of let the game slow down for him so we'll see um but ultimately it is disappointing uh, to lose Foster I mean that defense you know with Payne, Ionitis, and Allen on the middle you know Kerrigan and Sweat on the outside and then Foster on the at inside linebacker that was going to be a very good front seven, a very good front seven. And with Landon Collins and all the additions and the secondary, there was definite potential there. And that potential gets capped a little bit. So I guess we'll see what happens, but I would go with Foster and Dion Hamilton as well. And I, I'm confident in Dion Hamilton's ability to start. You know, he's got, he's a little undersized, but he's got good physical athleticism. And everything from Alabama suggests that he's a pretty, fast processor mentally who, who knows how to lead a defense so that that could be good um but ultimately there is room to add a guy you know with foster going down um who's a guy you've you've done a lot of research on this in the past 24 hours uh, between trade targets and signees who's your favorite option on the open market that you'd add uh, for the redskins whether it's starting or just depth uh yeah so that there's
1: a there's a few options on the open market right now that you could sign as a free agent. There are not many inspiring guys. Um, In terms of guys that are available, there's only one guy I would even remotely consider as a starter, and that's Josh Bynes from the Cardinals. Um, He's a veteran. He played pretty well last year. He had 75 tackles in 11 games. Yeah, so Bynes is better against the run than he is against the pass. He was the 14th overall linebacker in the league per pro football focus, and he was 11th best against the run. So he is more of a run-oriented guy, but he can cover a little bit. So for that reason, I would consider signing him on the open market. Um, He is coming off a thumb injury, and he is 30, so there are a couple concerns with him. But of the guys on the free market, he's probably the best available. I mean, other than that, the cupboard is pretty bare out there. You're looking at older guys or guys that are just run-stuffing specialists or former Redskins. I know Will Compton is still out there. If they're looking for a depth player that can do special teams and maybe do a little bit more in coverage, Compton would be the guy because he wasn't a great tackler, but he did well in coverage, and he knows the system. And, you know, it's important to note the guys out there on the free agent market are more likely than not going to be depth players. So, I mean— if, if you're willing to just add a body who knows the system, guys like Will Compton or Zach Vigil would make sense. But if you're looking for a guy who might start, Josh Bynes would be the way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Vigil kind of, he was the guy who kind of flashed a little bit, you know, limited action with the Redskins. So that could be a definite choice. Um, I know people are going to look back, you know, with this move and be like, we shouldn't have let go of Zach Brown, you know. But how could you how could you see this injury coming, right? It's just like. It's just the unpredictability of it. And, like, if you told me that Foster was going to get injured on the first day of OTAs, that's just, that's insane. And Jay Gruden said the same thing in his press conference. He's like, you know, there's a lot of injuries, but this one takes the cake just because it's like when it happened, where it happened. It's just, it's crazy, man. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. Um, At this point, you're not going to get a starter out there on the open market. It's just gonna, you know, either depth players, guys who might be able to take advantage of those opportunities, but it's not promising. So at this point, you're rolling with what you got, unless maybe you can put a trade together. Is there anyone out there worth trading for in your mind?
1: Yeah, there, there are definitely a couple guys that could end up available on the open market, like trade wise. Um, one team to watch in this regard is the Patriots because they're pretty stacked at linebacker right now. (coughs) They'll probably only keep five or six players on the roster at that position. And they just added Jamie Collins. Um, So one guy I could see them moving on from is a Landon Roberts. He was a former sixth round pick out of Houston, uh, but he he was really good against the run last year. Again, he's a guy who's not great in coverage. So you'd be adding him mostly in that two down run stopping specialist uh, category. But the Patriots have a roster crunch at linebacker. Roberts is in the last year of his contract. So if they don't plan on bringing him back, they may look to trade him. If they're not confident, they can get a compensatory pick for him. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on in the coming months. I mean, if, if the Patriots really are definitely going to move on from him, they could swap a late-round pick for a guy like Roberts. Another option would be Reggie Ragland from the Chiefs. He doesn't fit their 4-3 defense. He, again, is another two-down guy. Uh, but he played pretty well for them last year. So if, if the team wants to add either of those players in trade, that would make a lot of sense just to shore up the depth. And that's really what this is all about at this point. It's just trying to add some depth because like you pointed out a couple of times, they have a really interesting depth that could work out um, in higher roles, but I think they just need one more body there just to make sure that they have enough depth to get through the season
0: yeah yeah do you think that the Redskins do you think that's the kind of move they would make because usually they tend to just roll with what they got usually they're just like at a certain point like okay this is our roster we're gonna see how it goes do you do you think they'd be desperate enough to make that kind of move if they if they really want to win this year or just um, be? I don't
1: think I don't think they'd be desperate that desperate at this point in the off season because I mean we're still in May And, you know, you can have a couple of months and say Harvey Clemens or Holcomb or Sean Deion Hamilton really steps up in workouts and makes them confident, like, hey, we've got a potential three-down guy here now, then they won't really need to make the move because they'll be able to just, again, swap role players in and out to make sure that they have uh, a good enough player there. And they know they're not going to fully replace Foster. And guys like Roberts and Ragland wouldn't do that. It would just... They would just be depth acquisitions at most. So I, I don't think it's likely that they will trade for a, a guy or even sign a big name. I do think that they'll add another body at the position just because I think they only have maybe six or seven guys at linebacker on their 90-man roster right now, and that includes Reuben Foster. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign someone. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be a bigger name or just a, a guy get that's given a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Another guy that um, kind of uh, you can't really forget about, Marquise Flowers. Um, Had him in the Unheralded Players segment um, of the offseason earlier this month, and uh, he's a guy, you know, I, I don't know how well he'll be able to stick around, but now that the depth is kind of shodden there, you look at him, he's a guy, very athletic. I really liked, when I was researching him, I really liked his combination of size and athleticism. I think like 6'3, 230. Uh, when he was coming out in the NFL draft. He was 6'3, 230, but he had a 4'5-140 and a 37.5 inch vertical leap. So uh, pretty explosive athlete for his size. Uh, never quite put it together, but he had a good stint with the Patriots. I know I saw you tweeting about that. So that that could be an option. Um, maybe not as a you know a starter, but again, just a guy, you know, get some opportunities, might take advantage of them. I don't know. Do you, what do you think about his potential and maybe his ceiling uh, in this situation, given the opportunity?
1: I definitely think that Flowers could emerge as a role player because um, I live in New England, so I saw a lot of him play in 2017, and he, he was just a solid rotational guy. He, he got the job done when he was on the field, um, and he has that athleticism like you talked about, so... I could see him emerging as maybe a guy to alternate with Mason Foster or just some guy to put in with Josh Harvey Clemens, uh, but he has the skills needed to be a good depth player. I think you're dead on in the fact that he is an unheralded player and your piece on him was really good. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see him get a chance. Obviously not excited that Ruben Foster got hurt and that's what's going to give him his chance, but Flowers is definitely the kind of guy who could step into the role, surprise everyone, and kind of locked down one of those backup jobs. And, you know, he had 30 tackles and three and a half sacks in 2017 with the Patriots. So maybe he finds a role as a run stopper, blitzer type deal. Uh, but I, I do like his potential in this uh, defense for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And usually at this point of the offseason, when we're talking about unheralded players, usually it's guys who went undrafted the year before, guys who were trying to latch on in the NFL. But Flowers, this is a guy who has already put together some pretty solid experience, Uh, you know, first with the, uh, I forgot where he was first, but, you know, he had a stint in New England with the Patriots, and he was pretty productive in the time that he had on the field, Um, and he was pretty versatile, too. Uh, He had 168 total snaps on the edge and 169 total snaps at inside linebacker. He was usually a special teamer, you know, that was kind of where he made his money, but uh, he, he he was pretty balanced in terms of his impact on the field. So that's a guy, if they want to move forward and try and put him in an increased role, maybe. Uh, ultimately, it's, it, there's a lot of question marks. I would expect the Redskins to kind of settle for what they know and put Mason Foster at the top of that food chain and then kind of see how it all settles down. I like Sean Dion. Um, I I wanted him to start with Foster even before this, so I, I'm not concerned about that. Um, and maybe we'll do a film breakdown piece on him in the future, maybe get a little bit more of that, uh, his, his traits and stuff and tangible writing, you know, for you guys to see, but, uh, yeah, it's all is not lost for the Redskins defense. It is a big blow, uh, especially when people were getting excited about the potential that this unit had, uh, it's not quite as high anymore and that's, that's just how it's going to be, but, um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's what happens. It's crazy though. You look at the Redskins, um, just the injuries. It, it's a trend at this point. It's it's not just like a it's not just a circumstantial thing, not just a coincidence. It's a trend. You know, um, I remember I think I, when I was research when I was researching in twenty sixteen they had like twenty four players end the season on IR, jumped that by twelve in twenty seventeen and stayed in the mid thirties in twenty eighteen and just a ton of injuries over the past couple of years. So is this a symptom uh, this Ruben Foster thing? Is this a symptom of that? Or is this just one of those freak accidents that happens? Cause like everyone likes to point at one specific thing and be like, that is the reason this is happening. But with the Redskins, it feels like it's a lot. And I mean like a lot of just little things that it's just, it, it's really hard to pin down. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I, I think injuries like this where he, he was just going three-quarters speed and happened, I think he stepped on Tyler Catalina's foot, at least that's yeah. what John Kimes said. Yeah, That's a freak accident. You can't predict that. And when it's like an injury that bad, like it, it just happens sometimes. Um, obviously, the Redskins do have some sort of concern with whether it's their training staff or their injury prevention. Um, something there isn't as good as it could be. Uh, but I don't think the Foster – I don't think the foster injury plays into that as much, but if we see a lot more guys go out with injuries um, that aren't of the freak nature, then I think they're really going to have to overhaul their uh, medical staff and training staff and just really try to figure out what exactly has gone wrong. Because like you said, it's starting to really become a trend now entering a fourth season where they've already lost a key player and it's not even june but again it was a freak injury this time so we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward but um definitely the injury bug's been a major problem for them in the last four or five years
0: yeah it, it definitely has and like uh, it's not my area of expertise uh, for sure like i don't know if there's a way you can like strengthen the tendons or whatever you know we, we don't go that far in depth but it's it's definitely concerning and uh but again, some injuries are unavoidable, like Alex Smith going back in the pocket last year. You know, that was just the wrong thing happened at the wrong time. And, you know, it, that's just how it happened. And Brandon Sheriff in the trenches, you know, t- tearing his pectoral. That, You know, that that's going to be an externality of that physical contact in the in the trenches. You know, when you're reaching and pushing and pulling with all that force, it, 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 it's going to happen to someone eventually. And then with Reuben Foster, of course, you take one wrong step. It doesn't matter. The um, efforts that you're putting in to avoid that stuff, it, it's its going to happen to some people. It's just tough that it keeps happening to this team, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of move past that and how they address that and how, what kind of answer they provide for this early adversity. So we'll see. Um, In the meantime, we'll keep you guys posted with content on the site. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, if you want to learn more about, you know, the Ruben Foster injury, the implications and what the Redskins can do to fix it. we got a lot of great content up there right now, so uh, go check it out. But as for us on this podcast, we are done. We'll have some new stuff coming for you in the future, though, so stay tuned. Uh, Peace out. Have a good night.